It's time to turn the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode I delve into the world of horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't explain it, but I love these horror-flying flicks. If you made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what happens when he comes home? Why you get Halloween. and welcome to another episode of the terrible terror podcast this one's a special one uh one because if you're listening to the podcast if you want you can go to the youtube channel you can actually watch the whole podcast uh and two i've got two special guests with me uh say hello to neil and paranormal pat hello yo uh, so dave unfortunately couldn't make the recording for this one this is the last of halloween month and of course it drops on halloween so what the hell are we doing we're gonna do halloween and I thought that, uh, you know, we, especially, you know, Pat. Well, which it, Halloween? The the original, 1978, not the 2018 continuation, which I don't know why they just didn't call that one Halloween Part 2 as well, or something else since it's like the sequel yeah. to Halloween. But no, it's, it's Halloween. Well, it's so, it so t- pisses me off that they took out the second one. You know, I think that they should have at least left the second one in there. I thought you were going to say you're pissed off that Danny McBride wrote this, this one. <laughs> Mr. Eastbound and Down himself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so got two guys here. Love Halloween. Love Halloween. Um, don't you even have a, a tat there, uh, Patrick? Yeah, it's it's half and half of Michael Myers and, and Jason. There you go. So... We're going to do this a little bit differently than I normally do the podcasts. Uh, we're, we're going to basically, we start going to chat about the movie, but it's just mostly going to be like key scenes. There's going to be some clips, not as many as I normally do. Um, and it's just mostly like a chat about it because I think that a lot of people have kind of done this movie to death on podcasts. And I don't know if a five hour chat is really worth uh, our time. Plus, you know, Neil was nice enough to be a part of this podcast and it is butt-ass early for him right now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a vat of coffee here, so I'm, I'm doing my best. Okay, I've also got the mind of a five-year-old, because when you raise it up, I'm assuming that F-A and A are before the RTS on your cup, so it's farts that you're drinking. <laughs> 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 but that's me just being a five-year-old. <laughs> they taste good, whatever they do. <laughs> well, at least they'll keep you awake, right? We're also, so. yeah. <laughs> we're also talking about Michael Myers, so we should uh, be wide awake for this guy. So, exactly. what was your f- first experience with the film? Uh, we'll start with you, Neil. Um, I I think I was quite late to this. I because my um, I've talked about this before. I mean, my my first horror film was Halloween Three. Um, so I that was my introduction to the Halloween franchise. Um, so. I th- it would have been, 
think I saw Nightmare on Elm Street before I saw this. So I think it, it would have been mid eighties. I think once I'd started getting into into horror, um, I think it would have been, it probably would have been on late. I don't ever remember renting it, so it must have been on late night TV. Um, it was just one of those when when you had once you started getting into things like Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy, you kind of um, started to know about these other um, screen killers. So um, Michael Myers and um, Jason, and uh, it was it was a great time to to be getting into horror really back then. And uh, um, yeah, it would have been late night TV. Um, and instantly when, when, when you start watching it, that music is iconic mm-hmm. considering it's three notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it sets the whole scene. Um, it sets the entire, the entire movie up in, in three notes. So, um, it's a fantastic film. I, I watch it constantly. It, it's, uh, it's funny because I never really realized just how much it's used through the movie. It's used to accentuate certain parts of the movie. It's used to produce scares. It's used to kind of lull you almost into sometimes like a sense of just like complacency with the killer, like connection to the killer. It's really amazing that it is so prominent, so iconic, but used so well. And like, it doesn't feel like it's overdone. No, there's some um, there's variations of it that they when I was watching it earlier on, they, they, there's variations of that of that initial theme that they use sort of different keys and, and mm-hmm. um, it's just it, it's it's the perfect score. It's um, it's, it's I'm not sure if it, I needed to check this, but I'm not sure if it's quite like Jaws where you only ever actually get the Jaws music when the sharks around. So once you know that, you know when there's going to be a, a a jump scare. Yeah, um, he's in the bushes somewhere. He's hanging out behind some clothes. He's peeping on some girls, being a giant fucking perv. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all there. <laughs> hey, it's it's Halloween. What, what, what do you get up to on Halloween? <laughs> what about you, Pat? I I have to say it was like early '90s. I I don't. I remember watching Jason and Freddy Krueger and Chucky early. But Michael Myers, I think I was a little more late to the to the table, and um, I, 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 don't, I don't even honestly, I'm trying to remember who I probably watched it with my cousin Ernie because we were always watching horror movies and stuff like that on uh, uh, you know, our grandma's black box that she had, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm pretty sure that's where I came across it. I don't, I'm pretty, I don't know if it was a movie channel or if it was just like on like like a TBS kind of thing or something, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was more of a movie channel in early, definitely early nineties when I, when I saw it for the first time. It, it definitely for me was way later, I think than both of you guys. Cause I want to say that, or maybe it was the late nineties, early two thousands. It was when I went to, to college actually. And it was one of those things where a bunch of people staying up late and we're going to just do a, horror movie marathon. And of course we're doing all the classics. You're doing Friday the 13th. Somebody had never seen that. Somebody had never seen the first nightmare on Elm street. And then I was the one that had never seen the original Halloween. So we watched Halloween. Um, and just, there was kind of like an instant connection and it's still just from the way that it's shot, just from what, like the budget that you knew that it had, like what uh, John Carpenter was able to do with the film. It, it was 
it's pretty amazing and, and genre changing, you know, for its time because you never really had the perspectives that you had in the beginning. I mean, the intro of the film is just a simple classic, hands down the way that it's shot, you know, from you not knowing that it's a young Michael Myers to just peeping in. You think that you're a different type of killer as you're roaming through the house and you get to look through the mask holes. And it seems a little bit cheesy, especially when you're like looking through the mask because it almost looks like the camera is looking through two toilet paper like, rolls. And you just have them up there. But uh, what, what do you guys think of that that beginning? Well, it's, it's one of those... Um, now, when you watch it back, it seems like it's a bit of a trope. But back then, this was one of the first... Yeah. It's, people, a lot of people are so call it the first, but it wasn't. Black Christmas was the first that mm-hmm. that did the well. If you discount Psycho, obviously, but um, John Carpenter was a massive fan of Black Christmas. I know that he he was so obsessed with Black Christmas. He he spoke to Bob Clark, uh, the director, um, and he was saying, you know, I think they had a conversation. He said, so so what would you do about a sequel? Bob Clark really didn't have much interest in a sequel. He said, but what would you do? He said, well, I'll do something along the lines of um, uh, uh, he breaks out of the asylum um, and goes back to his house and um, takes revenge on the people that are there. And I'd probably set it around Halloween. Uh, and that is basically what became the basis of John. Well, John Carter says it had nothing to do with it. But um, <laughs> I, I think he's lying there. Um, but, of course. But that, yeah, I mean, but that, but that 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 intro, where you've got the, uh, the 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 kid in the clown suit looking through the window, hot and heavy teens go upstairs, and yeah. then he goes through the house. That's the same house, right? So that's the same teens that go upstairs, isn't it? Yes, and they, yeah. they are terrible fucking kissers too. Oh, he was really going for it. I, I think well, I think that act, the actor <laughs> was definitely somebody that didn't get much. Oh. And was, using that opportunity he, he was trying to swallow her face man like he was trying to go beetlejuice on her and make the giant thing to like rub over her on top of her head he, he knew he had to get what he could while he can i mean let's face the facts they weren't upstairs very long when no. He left. <laughs> no, i was i was gonna say that that when he gets upstairs is that pre or post um necking because that pre he didn't take him Oh, I, I was wondering that, but then because yeah, like, they oh, went upstairs and then they where was started, he? Yeah, and well, Ma- <laughs> Michael's downstairs. He's going like you know, that's when like, he goes to the kitchen to get the the knife, yeah. and then when he comes walking back is when he's putting his shirt back on and you know, coming down the stairs. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's they were very quick. Yeah, it's it's just a one pump chump is all it is. <laughs> I, the, all the men that you get don't get the trick, you get the trick. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he might have uh, had a mess in his pants and he had to leave really quick. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick, though, I'm surprised, though, Brian, that that was the first time you saw this movie, real quick, going back for a second. Oh, yeah. You're talking about when you were a young kid and your uncle showing you aliens or alien, how the hell did he not show you Halloween? Oh, I know. My uncle's obsessed with this goddamn movie. Like, more so than what even I would think somebody could be obsessed with. I. I know that's why uh, your wife, my cousin, uh, also loves the movie as well, and so does my other cousin, your brother-in-law. Um, and, and Anthony's just missed out on the whole horror thing, man. Like the rest of the family is all horror, and he's the only one well, that wants to be something else. Yeah, that's that's true. So <laughs> <laughs> we would all know how to get away from the killer, and he'd be the first one that the killer gets. <laughs> 
or he might be the one pump chump that we see at the beginning of the movie. Well, that's his problem. <laughs> but Four it's play uh, kids. Play. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it was it's weird. Like I kind of like I know I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was a teenager. I know that I saw uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one, as a teenager. Um, but Halloween was one I just never really saw, and I know that. There was a couple like midnight showings that they did around campus and they did it's like uh, the Lost Boys was something again I never really I, I hear there but like really paid attention to was in college because of the stuff they did on the knoll you know well so. I I, th- I think maybe that that because Halloween's a different kind of slasher that 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 when you know we we're, we're not hugely different in ages so around that time you had your Chuckies and your um, Freddy Kruegers, and it was they, they were kind of more fast-paced horrors that when you're getting into horror, maybe you didn't have the patience for a Halloween as a kid because it's it's a while before sort of it really gets going. It's just a guy stood there a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, it, you, it's not the ADHD of horror. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's great because there's a lot of really great camera work in this movie that I can appreciate now, even after seeing it last night and seeing it for, I don't know, the 15th, 16th time or, oh, or whatever I, yeah, it is. I, mean, I was like, I, oh, it's still beautiful. Well, there, there was there was one scene in particular, the sport, uh, the, the, the day when I was watching it, with the, it was just a shot where they were in, the, the camera's behind them when Laurie and Je- Jenny are in the car and they're driving, they're getting followed mm-hmm. all over the place, but there's this, the sunbeams coming through the, because it's just coming up to sunset. Yeah, and just the, the the light flares coming through the windows. I'm sure that was more luck than than anything. But it's such a nice cinematography. I'd like to say that it's brilliance, not luck, but it's yeah. probably luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's also one of the like, of course, we're just kind of general chatting. Like I said, I'll play a couple of clips, but there's one of the the scene where you have uh, Laurie and she's got him behind him in the closet, and she's seen everybody dead, and then slowly but surely, like he just comes into focus. Like it's complete blackness. It's such a beautiful shot as mm. he comes into frame, and you're just the the dread and terror that you can feel. I mean, you, for somebody that's maybe seen it so many times, like this is just a cool scene. But the first time, I remember just being like, "Oh crap!" Like there he is, yep. and, and it's just that force that he is, and and being called the shadow in this movie. You know, the we shape. know who he is, or the shape. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a bad Alec Baldwin movie uh, <laughs> instead. <laughs> Well, you want to guys want to take a clip, quick listen to one of the clips that we've got here? Yes, So the, the best clips in this movie, and probably most of what you're going to hear throughout the podcast, are going to be from Loomis. Yep. Because he's the one that moves everything along. So we're going to listen real fast to, and then chat a little bit about uh, him going with the nurse to pick up Michael. You ever done anything like this before? Only minimum security. Thanks. The driveway is a few hundred yards up on the right. The only thing that ever bothers me is their gibberish. When they start raving on and on. You haven't anything to worry about. He hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. Are there any special instructions? Just try to understand what we're dealing with here. Don't underestimate it. Don't you think we could refer to it as him? If you say so. The compassion's overwhelming, Doctor. 
leave him when we take him in front of the judge. Sarazine. We'll barely be able to sit up. That's the idea. You're serious about it, aren't you? Yeah. You mean you actually never want him to get out? Never, never. Never. Then why are we taking him up to Hardin County if you're just going to walk... Because that is the law. Here we are. It's, it's kind of crazy in the way that that scene works because we know the way that uh, Michael Myers is going to be in this film, right? He's going to be a silent killer. He's just going to kind of stalk around. But really, I feel like the emotional connection to everything that Loomis has is kind of the same as Michael Myers is. Yeah. So this comes the first big escape scene in the movie. And what's your impre- like your whole take on the Michael Myers getting away with the car scene? <laughs> it, it was... It, I mean, it's it's kind of... Again, this is another one. It's it started those kind of tropes that kind of just sort of appearing out of nowhere on top of the car. Um, it, it it was a it's a really great scene. It's um, again aesthetic setting. So the rain, the thunder, the 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 uh, asylum, um, Loomis kind of hamming everything up. Um, He's he's so great in this film. It's um, he, like you say, he is he is he is one of the best parts of this film. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's just that it, it kind of sets up how you know how strong he is and everything as well. Just the 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 sort of rocking of the car, the the one handed trying to grab the nurse out of the car. Um, that's a great scene. Yeah, I like when uh, as soon as he drives off. Yeah, you know, the evil's gone. The evil's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh at the the scene. You know, in the car, like the, you're right about the strength because you see him and he just puts his hands down, automatically cracks the window, but it doesn't break it. Like there's two layers of glass you can kind of mm. tell to make that effect. But <laughs> the the fact that Loomis is just like hanging out back there, she's screaming and yelling. Like he doesn't even bother to try to come up to the car and like stop anything right away. Always well, makes me laugh. Yeah, he's kind of doing that. Oh shit! Uh, like <laughs> let's wait for him to go, and then he'll come up going, "Oh god, I was going to stop him then." <laughs> oh darn! I totally could have done something. But Just, you see me totally tripping forgot. that pot hill, a pot puddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are ants back here. I can't throw on that ant hill. <laughs> well, I, I, I was just reading that 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 John Carpenter actually offered the role of Loomis to Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee before oh. before they got to Donald Pleasance. I, I, to be honest, I could see all three of them doing that. Be, be great. I think out of those three, I'd probably go with Peter Cushing. Like I think that he would have been really really cool to see in this role. Um, but Donald Pleasance, man, it's it's just iconic with him. You know, it's it's like one of those things when you think like Back to the Future was possibly given to what's his name um it wasn't michael j fox at the first it was the oh one um, guy that played mask i always forget that actor's name um and then also ben stiller i think some like auditions from him for it yeah yeah came out like (laughs) you know might have been cool to see ben stiller do it but michael j fox is what makes that role so iconic 
Agreed. So, so he he gets away and he drives away in his lovely car, um, and then you know he kind of goes like around, you know, kind of creeping on everybody for like the longest time. You know, he's he's checking out the you know he's chasing uh, you know Lori around with the kid, and then just stopping and going, stopping and going, and. You know, everybody knows, like, because her friend, dad is a cop, like, they all kind of assume right away that that's him. Yeah, he's also driving the hospital car, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. He's got the logo on the side. It's not not the most discreet thing to be. Um, people in, in, in Haddonfield have got the worst peripheral vision if, if they're just <laughs> not spotting him. I don't know, what's in the water up there? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's even the scene, which is one of my favorite scenes, too, but there's really no dialogue in it. But when Loomis goes to talk to the sheriff and he says, let me handle this and I'll come talk to you. And so they just show Loomis standing there, yeah. like waiting patiently. And, you know, here's the Myers is across the street and he just dry, oh, shit, there's Loomis. I'm going to keep on going. <laughs> it's like that, uh, you know, that meme of John Travolta in uh, Pulp Fiction just standing around with yeah. the thing. Loomis is just looking back and forth. I'm surprised he hasn't been memed like that either, man. Because, yeah, he just literally drives past. That scene's ridiculous anyway because, you know, Lori and his daughter come rolling up after smoking pot, not thinking that the dad's not going to smell shit in the fucking car. Apparently he did, though. Apparently. Like, that guy's got the worst sense of smell in the fucking world. Well, also, also that sort of scene where where he's following the girls around in the car, I don't want to start a whole women drivers thing. (laughs) But... Does she not check her rear view mirror? <laughs> he was following her. It was yeah. a, it was barely barely early uh, early evening when he started yeah. following her. It was pitch black when they finished. And yeah. she didn't like check once. Four, four hours of driving and didn't even bother looking in the rear view mirror. And he was only like two car lengths away. He was like right there. And, you know, I like to, speaking of like the car stuff, I really enjoy the shots inside the car while he's driving a lot of the times. Because you're not, like, it's weird in the beginning. You're kind of in his like peripheral vision, like, or you are in his vision, but when you're in the car, you're always in the passenger seat. Like Mm. you rarely are actually him driving the car. And then even when they turn, you still don't get a good look at the face either. Even when he has the mask or he doesn't have the mask, like they don't really show his face, of course, till the end of the movie for even then for a split second. Like, I love those establishing shots like that, that it's just, we're going to be with him. It's like, we're, we're the, the partner in crime. We're not the actual criminal himself. Yeah, it's a nice little touch, though. So, Pat, do you want to talk about this scene that you wanted me to play? Well, I, I just think it, I really like this scene because, you know, like it really it goes even further into, you know, the, 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 the way Loomis sees Michael Myers, you know, like in the fact that he's like in this frantic, knowing he already knew where he was headed and that, you know, you know, oh, you, you, you guys are the ones that made, you know, let him out or whatever. Or not let him out, but like, you know, didn't do the proper uh, security is what I'm trying to say. You know, and, and I just really like this scene when he's basically just telling this guy off, like, I freaking told you guys, don't want him to listen. Yeah. He learned how to drive since so he drove off last night. <laughs> you know, he can't even drive. Well, he was doing fine last night. Oh, I told him how dangerous you he was. Of two roadblocks and an all-points bulletin wouldn't stop a five-year-old. Well, he was your patient, doctor. If precautions weren't strong enough, you should have told somebody. I told everybody. Nobody listened. There's nothing else I can do. You can get back in there and get back on that telephone, tell him exactly who walked out of here last night, and tell him exactly where he's going. Probably going. 
I'm wasting my time. Sam Haddonfield is 150 miles away from here. Now, now, for God's sakes, he can't drive a car. He was doing very well last night. Maybe someone around here gave him lessons. I, I love how the guy is just like, William, he's probably going there. Motherfucker, I've spent 15 years analyzing this guy's fucking brain. And you don't yeah. think I know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, 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 he didn't speak one word the whole time, but yet I can still read him. <laughs> yeah. You're going to tell me? He's going to be pulling at George Bush over here, read my lips. <laughs> That's all he <laughs> fucking does. <laughs> so uh, the, the other scene that I really enjoy is the first scene where Michael kind of comes up to the kids that are there. Uh, so they're at the school. The, yeah. the boy that she's going to watch, and um, they're running up on him. Um uh, I, you know, I'm terrible with names when it comes to these fucking movies. Uh, so, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. So he's, and he's running with the pumpkin. And then, you know, they're basically saying that the boogeyman's going to get him. And then Michael Myers does show up. Like right yeah, he there. Grabs him. Well, after he huh. falls and breaks his pumpkin. Well, he, they... he grabs one of the bully kids, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When they went to run off. That's right. Tommy was going the other way. Yeah. So they're just going off with the boogeyman there, and then like he actually is around. It's it's really cool. And then then he che- like again trails after Tommy, and Tommy doesn't even realize that a car is like following him around the block. So I guess kids are terrible too. <laughs> That's yeah, what I'm trying to say. Well, see, when you live in that suburbia area, and they probably you know keep the doors unlocked and everything else, there, you know, they're. Just you know, no one no one expects stuff like that to happen. Like but nowadays, you, that ain't gonna happen around anywhere, even if it's a nice area. But back then, yeah. And also, those just lousy late seventies bullies that you got. That, that's <laughs> a terrible bullying. <laughs> going around in circles, going boogeyman, boogeyman. It's, it's that's enough to put the willies right up, dude, little Tommy. But. <laughs> To be honest, it wasn't until I watched this again today that I realized just what a whiny little bitch Tommy is. Oh, Tommy is the whiniest <laughs> motherfucker in this movie. Why do we get this pumpkin? Why do we get in my pumpkins? I don't remember him being this bad before. But it was today. I was just like, Jesus, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is what parents must feel like when they have kids and they're locked inside their houses right now. Yeah. Mommy, yeah. I don't want to go to school. Fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You're going to do your school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that type of bullying is pretty, like, light, honestly. Like, I would expect more. And, and you know, the fact that he breaks his own pumpkin, too. It's not like well, they grab the pumpkin well, and throw it on the ground. Yeah, but, you know, he could have still saved the pumpkin. Well, uh-huh. he, he thought to himself, land on my back and get a concu- take a chance to get a concussion or fall on this pumpkin and, you know, I'll make Ward buy me another one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, so the other scene that I wanted to play uh, was the first time that we kind of meet the girls all together at once. And that, of course, Mr. Myers also shows up in the scene. As usual, I have nothing to do. It's your own fault and I don't feel a bit sorry for you. Hey, Linda, Lori, why didn't you wait for me? We did. Fifteen minutes. You totally never showed. That's not true. Here I am. What's wrong, Annie? You're not smiling. I'm never smiling again. 
Paul dragged me into the boys' locker room. Exploring uncharted territory. It's totally charted. Just talk. <laughs> sure, sure. Old Jerko got caught throwing eggs and soaping windows. His parents grounded him. He can't come over to I thought you were babysitting The only reason she babysits is to have a oh, place for shit. I have a place for that. I forgot my chemistry book. So who cares? I always forget my chemistry book and my math book and my English book and my, let's see, my French book. And, well, who needs books anyway? I don't need books. I, I always forget all of my books. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you have your books or not. Hey, isn't that Devon Graham? I don't think so. I think he's cute. Hey, jerk! Speed kills! Yeah, can you take a joke? You know, Annie, someday you're going to get us all into deep trouble. So Annie is the, the blondest of blondes of blondes of blondes that could ever blonde a blonde. No. <laughs> or is the, that... Uh, 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 Linda. Oh, Linda. So yeah. I don't know why I keep... Annie, Annie's the, the one you know who yelled out, Speed kills! That's right. But Linda is... Like, and I feel like that, that line was ad-libbed. You don't need books. Who needs books? I just need to talk oh, about books yeah. for another 50 fucking minutes. Books, 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 books. They say books as almost much as they say Michael and the fucking Lost Boys. <laughs> no, I don't think that much. What I like about that scene is the um, when she shouts at the car and, and he stops, and she just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all been there. <laughs> when you've done something thinking yeah. they're going <laughs> to... Oh, <laughs> yeah, because you think that uh, you know, you think that oh, they're just gonna keep driving or some, you know, something. And oh no, they they stop. Oh shit! <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> well, the, well, and the fact that they that she, he heard um, her with the windows rolled up, and as far as he was, like I'm like, uh, I don't think that the uh, actually hear because he's got that William Shatner mask that gives him extra hearing. <laughs> They beamed in some uh, uh, some sound into the car. That's right. Beamed him twice last night. You really enjoyed it. But that was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, I I do really like the um, the the whole bit too that they do. Where it's like that's where they go to, and she said, "You know, shit." Like, well, I got a place for that. Yeah, I got a place for that. It's it's like that's it's so subtle, but it's still really funny, and it really connects you to the girls. Uh, and, and you know, yes, they are those teenagers, but the only one that's that's serious really is Lori, right? Even yeah, though she's I mean, not so serious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of she plays it very straight, which uh, I I don't think she Jamie Lee Curtis liked the way she played her originally, um, but. I, I, you know, I think that kind of there's almost like a nervousness to her acting, which I kind of it really does kind of suit the the, the character she's playing, yeah, kind of jittery, kind of uh, confident-ish, but not 
not hugely. And I, I think the fact that it's a first role, film role, um, kind of comes through and makes her perfect for the character in this. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, it, if there was a time where she didn't like the way that she portrayed it, like, I think that by now she's at least embracing it because it's it's done really well and it really does highlight, like, somebody that's inexperienced, that doesn't really have an idea of what's going on and kind of get thrown into something. Because, you know, we don't we don't know the connection in this film. You know, it's not until Halloween Part 2, right, that we really get that that connection. Unlike Rob Zombie's Halloween where it's shoved down our throat in the beginning of the movie. And I'm not saying that the first one's not a bad film. That's, that's safe for the second one. But uh, there was really, like, the lack of backstory in this, I think, makes it scarier than... than what if we knew a lot more about the connection between the two? Which drives me nuts that they just completely ignored and changed completely for the 2018. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, next scene that I want to talk with you guys about is the cemetery chat. When we find out that uh, Jason is here, or Jason, fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> I, it's your goddamn tattoo, man. I'm blaming you. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, Michael Myers has been here and has basically stolen the headstone, but of course they don't know that at the time. Yeah. Judith Myers, Myers. Row 18, plot 20. Hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, every town is something like this happened. I remember over in Russellville, old Charlie Bowles, about 15 years ago. One night he, he finished dinner. And he, he excused himself from the table. And he went out to the garage. He got himself a hacksaw. And then he went back into the house. And he kissed his wife and his two children goodbye. And then he proceeded... Where are we? Huh? Oh, uh, it's uh, right over here. Yeah, Myers, Judith Myers. I remember her. Couldn't believe it. Such a young boy. Larry, you lost... Why do they do it? Goddamn kids. They'd do anything for Halloween. It was Gregson. Oh, I know. 18, 19. Judith Myers. He came home. So it's weird because I always, like... I think the first couple times I thought I was like, man, that grave is really small for his mom. Like, not really. It was just the, the fucking headstone. Sister? <laughs> <laughs> or sister, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, see, I'm, I'm getting goddamn Rob Zombie stuff in my head. <laughs> but yeah, that it was the sister's grave. Uh, and also that, you know, the that story, that really nonsensical story, I really want to know the ending of it. He got the hacksaw and what? I I was going to say the same thing. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I want to hear the rest of this story. Like, you know. <laughs> I, part of I feel the like it was in there goal. for a reason. Like, the reason why he was, like, you know what I mean? Of course, I guess we could always try to look up if he was, something was similar to the story, but, or if it was, if it was a real one. But, but I always say the same thing. Like, I want to hear the rest of the story. Damn you, Loomis. Just interrupting every way that he can. Trying to so. save lives and capture Michael Myers. I want to hear the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let the old cemetery man, the old like, I gotta wipe the sweat from my brow. 
It's too hot today. Oh, what am was, I doing? Yeah, this was this was definitely a, a a scene that was basically just two hams trying to outdo each other, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, <brilliant>. man! <laughs> we have to save the town. <laughs> he, he's trying to do uh, what's his name, uh, Herman Munster from Pet Cemetery. Look out here, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you find a man with that. a hacksaw. <laughs> You have to have one, don't you? I mean, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre had one, didn't he? The yeah. uh, the gas, yeah, the gas mechanic. <laughs> but trying to figure again, out who it is in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I mean, again, this is well, another tr- another sort of trope that John Carpenter kind of started, really. Then, yeah, I guess, what was his name? Uh, would be kind of he didn't really have that kind of an accent, but he, what was his name? Crazy. Um, Damn it! The guy was always riding on a bicycle on Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, I know. Crazy mean. something. He's, he's like, they're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> he gets on his bike and leaves. <laughs> but I, I do like the way that the scene's set up. You just, just because you can tell that it's kind of like a almost feels like not a care in the world type of situation. Like, oh yeah, this shit just happens all the time. In fact, you know, there were some crazy people that happened down the road. The guy got a hacksaw, kissed his wife goodbye, and then it's, it's just like, and then he gets upset when he gets over to the grave and the headstone's gone, you know, and it's like, oh, God damn it, it's fucking kids again doing this shit. Where, you know, Loomis is like, hurry up, I need to get to this point to figure out if he's around here. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, crazy Ralph, by the way. Crazy Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now the next one is the one that uh, that another one that Patrick had picked out, and this is when they go into the house. So before we play the scene, I, like, what are your impressions on like that that whole like setup of them actually kind of like breaking into the house? Because the the first thing I notice is is that they don't seem to talk about how the glass door to get into the house is even broken. They just open the door and walk on in. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, yeah, they set the scene up pretty good to like where, you know, for example, you know, once again, where he's trying to get through to everybody that this is not a man. When he's like, when they, was it, they found the rat or whatever, and he's like, uh, oh man, what happened here? He's like, oh, he must have got hungry. <laughs> you know, and he's like, could have been stuff, could have been, or could have been him. You know, and basically just trying to say, this is not a man that you're, everybody keeps thinking, you're, this is a man, this isn't a man. You know, this is something else. You know, and then they set up the whole scene after they go upstairs and, uh, you know, sh- he shows them where Judith was murdered. Where the, where the, where the 20 second pop happened and then murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there's that really cool, like before this, this little clip starts, uh, there is a good jump scare. I think that still gets me, even though cause uh, I always forget that it's going to fucking be there when like the, the piece of the roof falls the, down and the, hits the, the glass. piece of the gutter hits the glass yeah that uh, even last night i went oh shit i'm like i forgot all about that and i've probably seen this movie over a hundred times mind you you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not being you know hyping up the number it's probably been a close over a hundred times so i mean this movie just played year around at my house <laughs> plus you got that awesome little uh, J- uh you want to say jason again michael myers uh display there in your window yep. as you walk by it's great. I get to go out and try to throw out the garbage because he lives a couple of doors down from me. And here goes Michael Myers. Do, 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 from the goddamn window. Uh, 
it. So let's go ahead and uh, play the clip of whether Dr. Loomis is actually really scared of Michael Myers. Seems to me you're just plain scared. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. I find it so funny that the, you know, the, the cop is really, like, he's getting told by Loomis... And he's just, okay, whatever. Like, just keep your mouth shut and, and have your guys go do everything. Yeah. Hey, you, you, this is your police department, but let me tell you how to run it. And that was, felt something that, that, like, Rob Zombie changed with how, his version of Halloween, where, you know, I think uh, Malcolm McDonald is a great Loomis as well, but he wasn't in control as much as this Loomis was. Yeah. Well, he, he liked to think he was. I, I, it kind of feels like uh, the sheriff's just kind of humoring him a lot of the time, uh, uh, like because he doesn't quite believe that anything's going on, so he's just sort of humoring Loomis at the minute. But that 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 speech that he just does there, did, did anybody else just sort of roll into the jaws speech <laughs> when he starts saying the black eyes like a doll's eyes? <laughs> I I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, and, and you're kind of opening my mind. Yeah. Well, they came out at roughly the same time, didn't they? When was when was Jaws? Jaws was seventy nine. Seventy Yeah. So this was seventy eight. So yeah, yeah, I don't. Somebody stole it from somebody. <laughs> well, you know, John Carpenter originally wanted to have a scene where there was a giant boat that Michael Myers was on, uh, <laughs> that was sinking into a lake. But you know, they had to stop it. Yeah, never, never, uh, never, jumped, never jumped the Myers. That's, uh, <laughs> 1975. Eh. Okay, so three Pretty years high. before. And I, I do love the never jump the Myers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened in some of the later Halloweens <laughs> that went on. Um, so I think someone got something screwed up here. I, I typed in Jaws to look it up. You know, look up the, the year. Uh-huh. And you know how they give you like a the trailer for the movie and you know some pictures of Jaws and all that stuff. The trailer they're playing is Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch Jaws' trailer. Yeah, for some reason it's stuck on uh, the Dan Aykroyd getting his belt unlocked, unbuckled scene. <laughs> it's just happening over and over and over again. <laughs> so. Uh, the other one is, I, I do want to play one scene where we get whiny-ass Tommy uh, in there. 
And that's the scene where they're talking about the boogeyman uh, for the first time and what the kids originally told him between him and Laurie, I mean. What about the jack-o'-lantern? Absolutely. What about the rest of my comic books? After the jack-o'-lantern. What about the boogeyman? There's no such thing. Richie said he was coming after me tonight. Do you believe everything Richie tells you? No. Tommy, Halloween night, it's when people play tricks on each other. It's all make-believe. I think Richie was just trying to scare you. I saw the boogeyman. I saw him outside. There was nobody outside. There was. What did he look like? The boogeyman. <laughs> We're not getting anywhere. All right. The boogeyman can only come out on Halloween night, right? Right. Well, I'm here tonight. I'm not about to let anything happen to you. Promise? Promise. So, the, the boogeyman. I, I do like that uh, they're watching The Thing uh, on the TV. Not not the remake, but the original version of The Thing from Another World. Um, and I love that they actually do that intro where you, the, the letters of The Thing, you know, slowly come out from the flames. Um, and she is way, way into it. And I think that makes her really hot. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know whether it was... An- an ironic thing that, or just complete fluke that she happened to be watching. Uh, they happened to, happen to be watching the thing at that time because that's a, a a good what four four years from when they. Um, but then I don't know how things how fast things work in in, in Hollywood. So he may have already had the uh, the deal in place by that point. But, <laughs> if I just put it into this movie, they have to make let me do the remake of it. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he's such a whiny little sod, isn't he? <laughs> just, just oh, drives me mad. Oh, he's just, he's going on, you know, oh, I saw the book. And the thing is, is that he really did see the boogeyman. Like, he's the only one that's really seen Michael Myers, right? And nobody believes well, him because he's a whiny little bitch. Well, technically, I mean, at this point, so is, um, so is, um, Jamie Curtis, but... Yeah. Tech, she just thinks it's some weirdo, you know, in a mask is basically. Well, she thinks that the old man across the street just staring at her. He's just going to have a wank over here. It's okay. It's the only thing that does work, supposedly. At least that's what well, Hank says. Also, like, he's going, uh, they said the boogeyman's coming. What is the boogeyman? And then she goes, well, I, uh, what does he look like? The boogeyman. Like, you don't know. You just asked her what the boogeyman looks like. So... <laughs> You don't know shit, Tommy. Well, he's about six foot tall, has real big afro, and he can get down. <laughs> Boogeyman. So, so <laughs> prompt, uh, question here. Yeah. In a fight between Tommy from Halloween and Tommy from Friday the 13th? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I, I put it on Tommy from Friday the 13th. <laughs> at least he grows up to be kind of a badass except for he brings Jason back to life <laughs> but he does go to an insane asylum so Ugh. and he is played by Corey Feldman mm. <laughs> I don't know maybe it's a tie maybe they'll stab each other and everything will be good <laughs> so uh, we get a lot of that back and forth. Uh, there's that scene with Anne in the uh, in the laundry room. That's a really good and well set up scene as well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there's, of course, there's plenty of nudity in this film uh, for as much as they can get away with for the, uh, for the year. You know, there's the, the great where it seems like, you know, Michael Myers is around every time a girl gets undressed just for the hell of it. I mean, I guess you've been locked up in an asylum for so long that you want to kind of get some strange once you've gotten on the outside. Well, you know, the last, last thing you booby he saw was his sister so <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, one thing i always liked about that scene where she gets locked in the uh when annie gets locked in the laundry room too is when <laughs> paul paul calls you know and he goes hey, can you just go get her for me he's like oh, okay and she hangs the phone up instead of just sitting it down she automatically just hangs up the phone and Hey, and then he's like, "Hey, Paul's on the phone." Like, no, he's not. He hung up on you, little shit. <laughs> yeah, they, Haddonfield has a monopoly on irritating kids, doesn't it? It's, um... <laughs> and she's like, so into that like, movie too. Yes, yeah, but it's like the setup for a bad, a bad porn, isn't it? Like, where she's she. Oh, I've spilt stuff. I set my trousers off and then try and climb through a window. Oh, no, the window's stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck in the window. No, step bro. No. <laughs> yeah. Here's just the, the reason to see her boobs and here's the reason to see her panties. You know? And, and she I, she puts on, like, the dad's shirt, too. Like, hey, he's not going to need this shirt. You know? Either that or something's going on that we don't know about. It was a different time, Brian. Different time. <laughs> also, she she puts way too much detergent for that many clothes. It was like two I'm, items. She's just like... <laughs> man, I remember back in the day and you had to do that, man. You would just go and you'd, you'd like, have to put it in the water first so that way it didn't stain the clothes. And then all of a sudden you'd be able to See, you know, get it in so there. It's settled. I'm never going to try to pick up a chick from Haddonfield. They can't drive worth a <laughs> shit. They can't do laundry. They can't even make popcorn without spilling shit all over themselves. What's next? Can't make a decent sandwich? But what what butter stains like that that you've got a powdered butter that you've got to wash your clothes? You know? Uh, yeah, we, we certainly didn't have stuff like that over here. Mm. It's well, up so- there with the, the Fu Man fingers. Uh, <laughs> strange American food taste. <laughs> well, you know, those are a breakfast treat, supposedly. And now we've got yeah. powdered butter that's not and popcorn that's not Jiffy Pop. <laughs> you know why is there a health crisis in America? I don't understand. But. <laughs> I, I don't fucking get it. You know. <laughs> so that 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 scene too when she's in there and then like Michael Myers is kind of like staking her out the entire time is also a pretty cool like setup that everything's just you know closing perfectly on its own. He's there watching. He's completely gone the next second. It's really like it creates that that mood of terror around that that you're just like, well, what is he going to do? Is he going to do it? Why hasn't he done it yet? You know, like just just fucking kill her already. You don't I want mean, her to die, but you're like, just fucking do it, damn it. No, he, he had his. Uh, he was still trying to calm down from killing the dog. You know. Oh. Giving the yeah. dog a bear hug. <laughs> just. Oh, who's a puppy giving me puppy kisses? Oh, I want to give you a nice hug. Oh, oh. That's, that's, that's <laughs> no good. Over there. I'm going to call you George and I'm going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to the rat. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't trying to, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to eat him. He just, you know. It snapped his neck and says, well, oh well, don't want to waste it. <laughs> I'm a little thirsty, a little hungry. Okay, let's go. Oh. <laughs> 
and so you know she manages to get back to the house um there's also a scene that i like too when they're you know loomis is basically chilling at uh mike's old house and we'll just call him <laughs> maybe mikey from now on so he's there and then the kids come up and he scares the living crap out of them and then of course after that he also talks directly uh to the cop and so let's take a quick listen to that scene i'm not afraid fool i'm not then go in Chicken, go ahead, Lonnie. Go in. Hey, hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Jesus, are you all right? Yeah. yeah. Nothing's going on except kids playing pranks, trick or treating, parking, getting high. I have the feeling that you're way off on this. You have the wrong feeling. Well, you're not doing very much to prove me wrong. What more do you need? Well, it's going to take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night in humanly patient, waiting for some secret silent alarm to trigger him off. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it, or you can help me to stop it. More fancy talk. Doctor, do you know what Haddonfield is? Families, children, all lined up in rows, up and down these streets. You're telling me they're lined up for a slaughterhouse? They could be. All right, I'll stay with you tonight. Just in the chance that you're right. And if you are right, damn you for letting him go. It's not Loomis's fault. Yeah, but didn't he even say there at the end? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me, trust me. (laughs) I I just like the the look on Loomis' face when he scares the kids. He's so happy with himself. Oh, he's like so pleased. So fucking sad. Well, and it also looks like, I know that he's kind of like going like this, you know, to, but he almost looks like he's covering it completely. So it's like, how can he make that type of like throwing his voice? He's got to be the best voice thrower in the world for it. And he also does like, like, grab. Yeah. Maybe he's a part-time ventriloquist. Oh. So he's been hanging out with Anthony Hopkins and his little dummy? So, I mean, you know, he, he, maybe he's been practicing in front of Michael Myers and Jimmy. All right, or Mikey, was, I'm going to talk he, to you. Or, or he was his, yeah, he was his puppet. That's the real reason why Loomis wants him back. They got, they got to hit the road for their, their uh, show. For 15 years, Loomis had his hand up my ass. <laughs> now I want revenge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's a good scene, and you can kind of see that the, the police officer, you know, he's kind of fed up with this whole thing. I also like how he calls it fancy talk, but it's not really fancy. It's basically straightforward, like, hey, this guy's going to kill. I know who this guy is. I've studied him. Uh, let's stop him. No more that fancy talk. <laughs> well, what what I quite like about uh, obviously the, the, the older 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 films is is that they don't feel this need to kind of shove stuff in your face. That that, that they do subtle exposition. They don't have to show you everything that's gone on. It's just Loomis saying he's been there fifteen years. He's gone crazy. Whereas when you get the remake, so oh no, we need to show it because people are ADHD now and you you can't. They don't understand subtlety. It's kind of it's what I like about these old these older films. It's just kind of a lot of stuff is left up to 
Oh, what, like you were saying about the the story in the in the uh, cemetery, it's, it's just kind of something's mentioned and never brought up again. It's kind of I really enjoy that kind of uh, filmmaking. Yeah, still want to know the end of the goddamn story though. But yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we should all just try to get a hold of uh, John Carpenter on Twitter or something. Say, What's the rest of the damn story? We wait. <laughs> I've been waiting 15 years. (laughs) Is there a novelization anywhere? There must be. I don't know. It'd be really weird to have a novelization of this movie, I feel. Uh, I've I've got a few, some some really odd ones. um... We've got Killer Clowns, the book. Well, I know, I know the entire the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series is is novelized, as is a load of Friday oh, the Thirteenth. So, um, yeah, so there might there may well be. I might have to look it up. And here, I'm just thinking about the the Friday the Thirteenth TV show and then the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street TV shows that that came back, you know, in the the nineties. Oh. Uh, yeah, I try I try not to think about them. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, from here, you know, a, a bunch of things happen. Like Paul gives the call uh, over to Annie, right? And he's like, oh, I'm, you know, my parents are gone so I can sneak out and we can do whatever we need to. I like how he also tells her, you only think about one thing. And he's like, well, yeah, I think about multiple things. And it's still all the same thing. It's just them fucking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, like, the fact that she, like, runs out of the house, just still dressed the way that she's dressed, to go drop off the kid, you know? She doesn't wait till the laundry's done to put on the pants, because she's not going to need them anyway. Well, she's only going across the street, and it covers all damn, damn near to her knees, so... Yeah, but you gotta think of the children out in the streets, man. What children? How many people did you see out in those streets right there? Like, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were two of them. <laughs> Yeah, there was some kind of odd. Uh, one minute, Laurie's sat outside and the kids are starting trick or treating. It actually gets to the night and then nobody's out trick or treating. It's kind of a really odd, really odd scenario. Yeah, and this is the 70s too, so it shouldn't be that bad. They should all be just out there and about. Doesn't matter what time of night it is. You know? Yep. But, you know, she just kind of like drops off the girl really quickly. And of course, the girl's again is a whiny bitch. No, I don't want to do anything. I just want to watch my fucking movie. And she's like, I'll let you. you what if I can arrange it to watch it with Tommy? And she right away was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can believe that guy. Oh, yeah. That guy's a whiny little bitch. I can totally ruin his life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you have her go back, and then she goes to jump in the car again, just dressed as she's dressed. You know, is she Get just. Paul. And she's going to bring Paul there. It's not like she's going to go to Paul's, do what she needs to do, and then come back, right? Well, you know, I mean, it's more uh, adventurous to be doing it in the place your babysitting's house, right? Yeah. Uh, along with bringing Besides, they got to sneak out anyway, remember? Uh, or I guess his parents did leave, but he had to sneak out just in case they came back. Yeah, but doesn't, doesn't she allude at one point that, that she ain't coming back that night? So I don't know where all these parents are going. Do you reckon there's some sort of hotel in Haddonfield where all the parents are beating up for for some keys and a bowl action? <laughs> well, <laughs> all the parents are at some big orgy party in Haddonfield. Yeah, because <laughs> cause, cause, why they're cause, living there. Because Laurie says something about she didn't. She needs to know what time to put the kid to bed, which indicates yeah. that she's staying there. 
Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you don't really see anybody's parents anywhere. I mean, the only person that you know that's working the night is uh, Annie's Sarah. dad, right? Yeah. He's working. He's out with Loomis. And he never, it, it never ever finds out that his daughter dies in this movie uh, <laughs> either. You know, like there, there. That's one scene I kind of wish that was in this movie, but it doesn't necessarily need to be in the movie. It's like, oh, oh. that would have been kind of interesting to see. I mean, it happens yeah. in the second one, but. It does. They cut that out and doesn't count anymore. Yeah. So, so he, you're talking about in Halloween 2018, he still doesn't know that his daughter's dead. <laughs> well, by Halloween, what was it? Six, he was retired. So, mm-hmm. he stayed alive for quite a long time. But it, it's, you know, you have, you have this giant, like, like you said, there has to be some type of like swingers party that's going on because we have no idea where anybody's parents are. Or they and they don't even talk about like oh well there's this big event downtown and everybody's going or there's this thing it's just that her parents are gone his parents are gone both of their parents are gone all the teens parents are gone and everybody's just gonna they're gonna have their own orgy while the teens have their own orgy because when you see Bob and what's her name uh, Linda. he Linda they talk about Blondie we'll probably just call it that like he's talking about bringing in the other one into the bedroom with them. No, they're talking about Annie. The, no, no, no. She's not talking about Annie. She, she said uh, uh, he was talking about the the, the girl he, she was babysitting. Oh, I was <laughs> no. I took that as as the babysitter. No, oh, because that's that's completely wrong. It that's was, even worse. It was the seventies, Brian. That's that you stuff can't just judge. Okay. Yeah, you can't judge by today's modern snowflake <laughs> kind of attitudes towards this sort of thing. Yep. <laughs> That's right. That just makes me a snowflake. Uh, <laughs> I'm so so worried. I'm going to get owned by 70s pedophilia. <laughs> but what do you guys think of, of Annie's death? That's before we get into the whole Bob and Blondie stuff that's going on. Like, how do you uh, think about that scene? Well... <laughs> The fact is, so she's singing the whole time. She gets in the car, and all of a sudden, which was locked, whenever she had to go back in the house to get the keys, then she just gets right back into the car without even realizing she didn't need the keys. And then it's like, how long? And then also, she notices, oh, all these windows are fogged up. Huh? <laughs> Who's been fucking in my car? <laughs> it's not me, damn it. It's just- yeah. But- it's 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 again it's today's today's standards it's a killer in the back of the car trope isn't it but again I'm not sure how many times it had been done before but um, this this is one of the few that kind of almost makes sense because it's a dark garage um, uh, and you know she's 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 got other things on her mind so you know but it's. <laughs> she, I, I, when I first remember first saying it, I thought it was going to be Paul in the backseat, like it was going to stop, and it was like going to be a joke. Because isn't that like the trope nowadays that they've done? Yeah, yeah. yeah you, right? you, you have to do you have to do one fake one before the real one starts. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, it's it's actually him, and he's actually killing her. And then she's she's dying a terrible death. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think I think now that. Um, this kind of signifies that first kill kind of signifies where this film kind of kicks into gear now, doesn't it? It's kind of, 
<clears throat> sort of house of cards in the in killing. It's kind of right. First one's down. Now I've got taste for it. That's time Where to go. Them kids are. <laughs> yep. Where them kids are. <laughs> I'm going killing, guys. <laughs> but it, it's well, funny. Well, with too. Annie, with Annie dead though now, does that mean you know uh, Lori gets double the pay since she's now watching Lindsay do? Oh. Well, she's also going to have to go out with what's his name because she said that she oh. would watch the girl and then she would correct it with whatever something his name Tramer. was. Something yeah. Tramer. Billy or something ben like Tramer. that. Ben Tramer. There you go. Like you've got to go, you know, you've got to go to the, the fall dance or whatever with him now. Well, I just love this kind of old school. Like they, they've obviously, they all know each other. When you were at school, did you refer to people by their full name? <laughs> it's just so, it's so odd. And they wish constantly refer to him as Ben Trainer. You know, like, even after the first time. I think there were some people in our high school that I would refer to the full name, but they were mostly like the sports people, right? You had somebody that was on the basketball like a uh, uh, like who was that one guy that was that went to the NBA, Patrick. Eddie House? It, yeah, Eddie House. I think that's how people would refer to him as as Eddie House. Because he was there the the first my freshman year and we both also went to the same high school at different years. Um, but he was they there. Didn't know each other, didn't know. <laughs> nope, didn't know each other. But uh, yeah, he was at my. He was in senior year, my freshman year. And but everybody referred to him as Eddie House. You know. Okay. But I think that that's that's the only case that where we would refer to somebody unless or there were like two Brian's in your classroom and you had to refer to one as you know. But even then, it'd be Brian K and Brian whoever. Most of my, unless they were close friends, uh, I said a lot, I played sports, so a lot of my friends were I called them by their last name. Yeah, yeah, never really a full name. Yeah, it's still weird. I, I wouldn't think. I maybe, you know, I guess in terms of a film, it it makes sense, but well, maybe maybe this is a female thing. Maybe there's um, you know, we're we're we're, we're a bit sausage heavy in this in this course. <laughs> 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 Which was usually... my nickname. Which was my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Brian's left the scene. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it's it's between having those or, or really dumb nicknames. I think between the guys uh, is what you usually get. But it's it's still like, you know, I I I totally was expecting that that fake kill. Uh, I, I think that that one's kind of silly. And then, like you said, the things do get rolling from here on. And it's really, this is like the last 30 minutes of the film. Like, yeah. this is the start of Act 3. This is where everything goes. Um, and uh, that's when, you know, Blondie and her boyfriend roll up. They're, they've been drinking Linda. in the car, um, yeah. you know. And <laughs> I like how they're just like, woo, everything's cool. Like, these lanes are so wide open. Over here where we are, streets, you could never freaking have that like much room in between one side of the street and the other side of the street. Like you're lucky if you can get like one car on one side of the street on a lot of streets around here. And and they just like park and they, we're gonna go in there and then we're just gonna go into the first bedroom on the left, and then that's where we're gonna fuck all night. And so they, they do manage to get inside, right? And then they just start yes, making yes. out on the. <laughs> they start making out on the couch. They call Lori, and like, oh, she's not here. Now it's time to just go upstairs. Like, what? Like, you could. Wasn't that the plan anyway? Just to go up there and do it? 
Like you were well, waiting at this for point, it. though, too, they, they weren't sure if Lindsay was still in the house or not. Yeah. So they, they go upstairs. Again, it's like a two-pump chump type of thing. Like, at least he was a little bit longer, lasted longer than the first guy. Of course, we also walk into them, like, kind of fooling around. So maybe there was the foreplay going on. Yeah, uh, it was already started, so. But they keep getting interrupted by the phone. You know, oh, are you saying that he was already worked up enough so that the moment that he got it wet, he just, that was it? Just jumped in. <laughs> to be fair, they were about 10 beers in at this point, weren't they? So. And, and let's also, let's see, you know, Linda is that ditzy blonde bitch who's just, she's always ready to go. Oh, and she was completely satisfied, too, when he was done. No, not completely, because she wanted a beer. <laughs> go get me a beer. Where's my beer? And again, this was also the, the everybody smokes as a teenager age. So she has to light up the two cigarettes and he automatically accepts it. Yep. Like, bitch, I didn't, didn't want one. Why are you lighting one for me? I don't want. <laughs> and then Man, who's. I might get you pregnant. Now I gotta drink, take your cancer food. <laughs> well, also, who smokes in the bedroom of a house that they're sneaking into for the night? <laughs> they're, they're teens. They're young, dumb, and full of cum. They don't care. <laughs> If America was like anything like 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 the UK back in the late seventies, you could smoke anywhere, like, like sitting at your desk in the office. Um, so I, the seventies just smelled of tobacco, I think. So I don't think it really matter. So. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> stop smoking around in restaurants until what, like late nineties. In, in uh, here, I'd say in California, I'd say probably late nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was. I think it might be later than that because I know they they banned it in uh, like pubs and stuff in two thousands. Um, you could still smoke in pubs up to about two thousand four five, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, it's because uh, I remember the first time I went to first time I went to America it was two thousand uh, two thousand two, and I was I was I was shocked that you couldn't smoke anywhere because I was a smoker back at the time and it was pain in the ass well like the the midwestern states like some of them like missouri and illinois i think that they stopped maybe five years ago mm. maybe in like i know in arizona that uh there are restaurants where the bars you can smoke inside but the restaurants it's a patio area so you can eat in the patio area and smoke mm. in the patio area but actually inside the restaurant it's not allowed yeah, well, I went to I went to a, a nightclub in San Diego, and they had a room at the back that just just basically wasn't joined at the roof, so it was it was it was just uh, there was enough gap around the side to be classed as an outdoor deck. <laughs> so you could, even though it was technically technically just indoors, so you could smoke in there, which was fine because that that's where all the uh, the the the, the go go dancers were anyway. So yeah, um, that that's cool. the, that's where all the cool people are. All the smokers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I am, you know, look at me. I'm the coolest. Imagine how cool I was. Imagine how cool I was in 2002. Yeah. Were you, were you still known? Years, uh, uh, oh, yeah. I was saying, were you still known as Sausage Party then? <laughs> Sausage Heavy. Sausage Heavy. Sausage, Sausage, Sausage Party was the gay kid. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, so they've they've had sex, so we know what that means because Michael Myers is still in the house and he's been watching him. At least he's nice enough to let them finish. You know, 
he got his he got his stuff on he was able to get that and then when you know poor bob here has to go downstairs and get the beer he gets probably one of my favorite kills in the movie which is him being choked hung up and then just stabbed right through the chest and he's just hanging up there in the kitchen you also get him where he just staring at him like such a cool fucking shot because it's like Mm -hmm. he's admiring his work Mm -hmm. he's like man i didn't think that'd work it's really fucking cool well i think i think some killjoy did do an experiment to see if you could hang uh, a human body up using a knife in a in a door and um no (laughs) he can't (laughs) um that's a great kill because he's not a cock blocker like jason no like he he'll he lets the kids have their fun, and then you know it's like, well, you shouldn't have done that. But you know, I, I think even Freddie kind of like he's kind of in the middle, right? Like kind of cock blocker, yeah. kind of not. <laughs> no, Freddie will just possess the guy and finish for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Freddie needs his cut as well. That's uh, yeah. that's how he works. Freddie just goes into inanimate objects and becomes a part so he can get him some. Well. <laughs> It's telephone yeah, time. This is it's such such a great shot and scene. Cause, uh, but again, it's that kind of idiot kid in the dark. Oh, there's a little noise in a house that I recognise. Oh, I'll investigate. It's like, nah, bitch. I would be I would be back up them stairs the minute I heard a door squeak. Oh, fuck that! I'm leaving. Should have been like the guy at the beginning of the movie. Just leave. Well, Pump and leave. Taken- I would have taken the beers upstairs with me in the first place. So. Yeah, that's why you bring oh. a cooler, right? Exactly. Well, I'm always thinking of the long game. That's uh, <laughs> which again was <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we from here after poor Bob dies and we get the you know cool little shot. That's where we actually get uh, the death of you know blonde bimbo Linda. over here. <laughs> And, you know, I love the way this kill is, so I'm going to actually play the scene of everything that goes through. And you also get, you know, a good, pretty good boob shot out of, uh, out of Blondie over here as well. See anything you like? What's the matter? Can I get your ghost, Bob? <laughs> all right, all right, come on, where's my beer? Well, can't you answer me? Well, I'm going to call Lori. I want to know where Paul and Annie are. This is going nowhere. Finally. Hello? Hello? All right, Annie. First I get your famous chewing, now I get your famous squealing. (laughs) Annie, are you all right? Are you fooling around again? I'll kill you if this is a joke. Yeah, it's it's a great little scene, uh, and it's it's weird because it it does sound a little like she's getting off, but it also sounds like Mike's getting off too. Yeah, they yeah, both have a, a choking hot, fetish. Yeah, there's a bit of hot and heaviness coming out from him. That's that, that's one of the few times you ever hear him breathing, isn't it? 
yeah, it's really not into the end, you know, when he's he's going after Laurie in the house, and then the the very end of the movie as the the, the music plays. But he he really is just like, uh, uh, uh. you know, he's getting very sausage heavy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, as dumb as as much as she's as dumb as rocks, I mean, she does a nice act though. <laughs> oh, so that's okay. That makes everything yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes up for it. So she dies. Then that means Lori's got to go investigate because when she calls back, nobody answers the phone once again. And, you know, she's got to take the kids. They, you know, well, she doesn't really take them out. She makes sure that they go to sleep. She goes over and inspect. And that's where she walks upstairs. And there's that other great scene where you, that's where you see Michael kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. But it's also where she sees all of her friends just dead in the room, and the tombstone of uh, Michael Myers' sister, yeah, in the room. Um, it's it's a great shot. It's a great reveal as she walks into that room and she sees the first dead body. Then you see the next dead body, and then you see the last dead body. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of a like we say now. Now we're into that final act. It's kind of right. We need to. We need to start wrapping this up. So that just kind of right. Here's everybody. Is everything? I mean, did they really need to to show the um, the tombstone? Because we all know what happened to it. But but it's um, yeah, it's a great way to sort of kick things off for the sort of final the final push of this because you're you've you've now you know you've heightened everything. So this is like okay, well this is this is the final push now. Uh, it's, it's it's great. Yep. Or as Europe would say, it's the final countdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you think, can we all just say that Paul looked out here? Oh, yeah. Paul's the big winner of the movie, right? I mean, <laughs> he's the asshole who got in trouble for soaking windows and egging houses, but he survived because he didn't get picked up. <laughs> exactly. Life, life lesson there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of just now what just happens is just basically a straight up chase scene, right? Michael Myers is chasing Lori everywhere. She's fighting back. Uh, she gets thrown down the stairs at least twice, you know? And the fact that she like completely survives that long stair drop. And I do like, it's, it's a little cheesy, but I do like the camera being in her position as she's going down the stairs too. But you know, it's, it's still a little bit cheesy. Yeah. So, then she runs back over to the house. Tommy doesn't let her in right away. Like little shit. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible because she's telling him that the boogeyman's coming. Open the goddamn door. Like, he's like, you know, he was he was asleep with the chick. You know what I'm saying? He was tired out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was getting his. Oh, so squishy, so squishy. <laughs> Maybe he was like saying her name like Annie was. Lame thing. <laughs> Lindsay, that's Paul. Lindsay, <laughs> open the fucking door, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she does get in there. She does like hide in the way, and you know, Mikey's basically going through the whole house, going after her. You know, at least he's nice enough to not go after the kids. You know, yeah, it would have been better if he did. But... Yeah, well. <sighs> And how many times does he just get like stabbed and like hurt? Well, 
At this point now he's stabbed he got stabbed by the um the crochet needle mm-hmm. downstairs when he was you know chasing Lori and then uh then upstairs when she tried to hide in the closet, that's when she got him in the eye with the coat hanger. She got him with the knife as well. Right? I don't think she got him with the knife at this yeah, point. Yeah, because in the closet, like, so the closet scene, right? That's like the big, like, almost final oh, question. Oh, yeah, yeah, movie, yeah. Right? He's breaking through the closet doors and just, you know, after he's been stabbed in the neck, you know, with, with the crochet needles like you were talking about. And then he drops the knife. And that's when she grabs the knife and she stabs him. And that's how she's able to get out of the closet. Can we just say, though, like, okay, so now she's sitting there and, you know, she's waiting for help. But was it this scene or was it the one right before this when, when she was at the house, when she was at Lindsay's house? When he comes out and has the – she's just standing there and has the perfect opportunity just to stab her in the back of the neck. And completely whiffs it and scrapes and gets her arm. That's at the other house. Okay, see, I, I can't remember it for some reason. But yeah, either way, it's like he had the perfect opportunity just to, it's over. <laughs> well, the, the, the stupid thing about the, the closet scene is like when he's, he's laid out and she's just sat there going, oh, you just think, bitch, get the fuck out of the house. Like, why are you, see- you're even in the same room. If, well, if some, some psycho comes at you with a knife, get out. Yeah, the, the kids did the right thing, right? Well, they just she ran hell fast. And she yeah. sent them out. Like, why wouldn't you just go with them? Why would you have to sit there and just chill? Because <laughs> I've got uh, to distract. Horror logic. Yeah, exactly. Horror logic. And so, but they do manage to alert Loomis, right? I mean, so that's mm-hmm. a good thing. You know, Tommy's whiny ass finally did something. Well, yeah, but that, that was, wasn't that because he nearly ran him, but didn't he nearly run him down or did he flag him down? I, I fell asleep at this point when I was watching it today. Oh, so well, uh, he knew that he was in the area because he saw, he, Lewis finds the, the uh, car that Michael yeah. Myers drove off on, uh, and, um, or in, I should say. And so then he told the cop to go around the back area and then when he, as he's walking down the street is when the, he hears the kids come running out of the house. Oh, yeah, and then he he manages to go upstairs, and after she's like you said, after she stabbed them, you know, Michael was laying there, and she's just uh, uh, like, d- not go downstairs, not just go out there, make sure you call the police. Hey, I killed a guy. <laughs> He's upstairs. You need to come now. All my friends are dead. You know, let's do something about this. Let's get the body. No, I'm just gonna s- fucking stand here while he raises from the dead. Yeah, you just want the, the Undertaker's bell to play, don't you? Just, just... <laughs> <laughs> I needed Paul Bear to come out. Oh, <laughs> Michael Myers! That's not until the sixth movie. Um... <laughs> you can't stop my Myers! <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's again, it's one of the most awesome scenes. It's, it's funny when you look at it and you think about it just because of the stupidity of Laurie, but that just him raising up in the background, nobody had seen anything like that before. And, and that's that you, you really knew that this wasn't your standard killer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, this is, this is just another example of, of how Halloween trend sets because like you say, this, this wasn't done before. So, I mean, now you watch it back and you go, oh, you know, but at the time, in horror films, they didn't have a killer that would do that, so it was kind of you were quite probably all right to sit there because up until then, 
you always probably always had that, didn't you? The sort of the hero st- stood over the body of, of the villain, just sort of, oh well, that's that. Then. Yeah. Um, but oh right, yeah. I won. Yeah, hey. but, but I think that again, that's I think that's why this this film got the reputation because you kind of at that point you think done, that's it. The sun's mm-hmm. going to come up. They're all going to come in. Loomis is going to come in, but nope, up he comes. So, yep, and he manages to get his hands on her throat, and then that's where he t- you she takes off the mask, and you get to see him for just a brief mm-hmm. brief moment. And it's the only time in the film that you actually get to see his face. Now, I don't remember in any of the other ones. Do you actually get to see who he is? Um, I think in the fifth one, uh. Jamie gets him to take his, or it's either the fourth or fifth one. He, he, she gets him to take his mask off for a second, but then he um, puts it back on. But it's like all like silhouetted in the dark. So it's not as good of a shot as we get in the original. Yeah. So yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't think um, I don't think there was like a long term plan for the series. Was there, as, as far as I'm assuming, as far as John Carpenter thought. This was like a one-shot deal, so um, it would make sense to have something in there. But well, yeah, I mean, like, remember they do, what their plan was. Even though he made Halloween two, was each, the Halloween series was supposed to be each one was supposed to be its own story. Mm-hmm. That's why Halloween three was the season of the witch. But and, um, and that's why you know a lot of people say that he shouldn't have done part two anyway and just did what he was originally planning. Was I don't think make... he particularly was he. Uh, I I think he was forced into two to make something else. I think the studio made him do two to give him the thing. I think I think they made him do it to give him. Yeah, something it was else. something like that. I remember. Yeah, he wasn't really he really wanted to do it. And he just kind of busted out the strip really fast. But I still enjoy really enjoy the second one. So even something he doesn't put his full heart in is great. <laughs> well, yeah, but then if it's your if it's something that's come out of your brain, you probably you can half ass it and phone it in and still be good because you've got the law in the back of your brain somewhere whereas yeah. you know you're not starting from the what would what would Laurie do here he already mm-hmm. knew so but then you know you end up getting something like vampires or ghosts of mars hey uh, hey, hey hey ghosts of mars <laughs> i've never seen that yeah uh, ice cube baby baby i know he's in it but yeah, i've never seen it well you know and then was it uh one thing I like too is when so Loomis gets up there and um, like how they, they have music playing and right before uh, Loomis shoots him, like the music it just goes silent mm-hmm. and all you hear is the gun going off and, and him breathing hard and you know that's I love that how it just silence and then that's and that's there's great. a there's a great pause in between the first and the second shot yeah like okay I've I've done it and then oh crap that wasn't enough to then he just unloads into him as many shots as he can fire. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's cold blooded. <laughs> most definitely. And and that's where you get the the final like lines of the movie and of course the iconic song with some extra stuff on it. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was
So, I mean, it's it's crazy because, you know, again, you think that he's, he's possibly dead this time and he completely disappears in the last scene. And I did truncate a lot of the silent moments out of that, so it's not as dramatic as you see it in the movie. But I also don't want you guys to sit through two minutes with 45 <laughs> seconds of it being complete silence. But the way that it's set up, you know, from yeah. when she says what she says to Loomis, there's a good pause in there that's that makes it so much more powerful. And even the, the silence as we walk out to the balcony and then the music starts playing because he's not there anymore. And I love how they added him breathing heavy in it. Yeah. Even though you don't see him. Yeah. He's just getting off somewhere again. <laughs> he's ch- choking more busy bitches. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, this is one of those things where I don't think that, you know, you could, we could rate it, but I'm not really asking. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, that it, if not a five out of five, it's a four out of five. But, uh, you know, for me, this, this is definitely, it's just, it's such an iconic thing. And, you know, I would give it a five out of five smash pumpkins. You know, I'm pretty sure that's where Billy Corgan got the idea of the band name was from Halloween. Uh, but it, it's, it's just, it's a masterpiece for a reason. And it's a reason why yeah. people love it so much. And there's a reason why people talk about it all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I same thing. I gotta give it a five out of five. Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll go for five of five out of five. Sisters' breasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's something to make Total Recall a jealous about. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think this is this is one of those films that it started everything. It's kind of, it, I mean, there's probably you know five or six kind of defining uh, horror films from the era and, and yeah. you know this is one of one of the originals um, so uh, yeah it's it is well deserving of its place in in considering it's a $300,000 budget and yeah. made between uh, in today's today's money like 150 million yeah i think but, that wikipedia had said when i looked it up that it estimate was 60 to 70 million that it made somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah. That, that was back then in today's money. It makes it basically yeah. 150 million, I think, which, for, which is absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it has, you know, basically no budget to the fact that the director has got to make this simple ass song that becomes this iconic masterpiece of music um, mm-hmm. to, to the fact that he tours on his synthwave stuff today <laughs> is absolutely crazy. Well, not today, but up until when everything went to shit, um, you know, that he, he still is regarded as a master of horror. And, you know, it's not to say all of John Carpenter's movies are hits is there are a couple misses, but they're still good ideas. They're well executed. Um, and this truly is what makes him a master of horror. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. So, are there any final thoughts that you guys have on the film? Just, I mean, it's like you said, classic. It's great. It's, I mean, it's a must around Halloween time. But like I said, in my household, this movie's always being played. And I, my biggest thing I hate is that they cut out two to connect it to this other one. And I mean, I can understand why they cut out four and five and six, and then even H two O, and it definitely. Uh, what was it? Uh, resurrection. Oh, resurrection. But like, I just 
how they just wanted to disregard two. And I, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like they, they just took away so much from him being the, the, the crazy killer that he is by even taking out the, the kills in number two. Yeah, I mean, I, I've not even seen the the 2018 um, one. I just, I just can't. It's, it's, it's the to me, it's not canon. It's not, you know, I could sort of consider the you know, the first two and three as um, as is like the definitive trilogy. Yeah, but no, I've got a lot of a, so much love for this film. It's. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's one of the one of the greatest films ever. Certainly, the great one of the greatest horror films, but if not one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that it, it's special the first time that you watch it, and if you've never actually seen the movie, like do yourself a favor. Here in the U.S., it's available on Shutter at least for October. I don't know how much longer it's going to stay. It's up been there. on there for a long time before that. Yeah. Well, I think it was. It might have been started within the sixty-one days of horror that they did, starting mm-hmm. in September. Well, I mean, I'm talking about when I first got Shutter, it was on there. I've had oh. Shutter well, I know they. Here, right? so. I know they cycle them off. Like over here, over here, they have all the Hall- all the all the Halloween films got moved onto a special one of these. Amazon's now got like twelve different channels on on oh. on, on the Prime thing, and it's they all got moved onto onto one particular one over here. Which sucks. I'm not paying for you know as much as I love them. <laughs> no, I mean you can always look online and get the box set and just watch whatever you want after that. You're gonna end up with that like that Shout Factory Friday the Thirteenth set, which is like 160 dollars, where the hell it is. Oh, it's um, gorgeous though, isn't it? Oh, I, <laughs> oh wait, me, it is the one with beautiful. all the movies. Yeah, yeah, all the movies. That brilliant fucking box art that they have on that. Oh, I um, saw they they had it at Best Buy. It was on sale. Uh, it was over there on. Saturday, I think it was like 112 or something. Oh, but yeah, it's all the Blu-rays, all in 4K restoration. Yep. A couple extra copies. I think you get a uh, unrated cut of two and one for like a director's cut. Yeah, I almost bought it. Yeah. I had a well, you also from everything I read online, you also get a, a mysterious. Um, there'll be a fault with a disc. Nobody knows. Everybody's got a different fault with a different disc, but it's oh, kind really? of. A, yeah, but it, um, apparently they're very good at fixing it. But it's um, it's, it's like your mystery box. My, my luck, it would be on my you know yeah. one of my favorites, Jason X, is the yeah. one that it would be on. Be like, oh, I want to pop this one. God damn it! It's it's <laughs> it's stuck right before the head slam scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so thank you guys very much. Uh, you know, for joining me on this episode. It's a lot shorter than it has been on the either episodes that you guys have been on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, again, it's just something that I just kind of wanted to chat about it rather than do a, a whole video audio thing. But, uh, yeah, so I hope you guys have all enjoyed uh, all the Halloween episodes, all the Rob Zombie stuff, this one. Uh, there is going to be, again, we're getting back to the regular schedule where we're going to. So there will be a one-week break, and then we'll be back. Uh, starting regulating and uh does anybody want to know what the movie that we're looking at next time is maybe yeah we got one (laughs) all right so next episode this is a suggestion from uh somebody that actually hit me up on the youtube channel and i'm going to be terrible because i totally forgot to look up the person's name before we do it 
because uh, I am a terrible fucking person uh, when it comes to this. Because um, the last person to comment, I think, was Neil. Uh, so Karima Rhodes, <laughs> Karima Rhodes, uh, she's the one that suggested this movie from the YouTube channel, and the movie's going to be Bone Tomahawk. Bracing. This is going to penetrate. Good evening. Civilized towns. You look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable. No, it's not supposed to be. There's a uh, situation. Serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her. Every second that we delay. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no, I need you here. And this is where the backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding along and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trail or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared. I am a friend. You aren't. You had no cause. If you want to question my morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these that gifts, which we are about to receive. trailer was longer than most of the clips that were played tonight um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's got an all-star cast with kurt russell patrick yep. wilson um sid haig david arquette uh it's yep. available on netflix right now i believe or amazon saw, prime, prime. yeah i was just looking it up i was like what is this and i looked at him, and i'm like geez 2015 like was this even in the theater or yeah it came out in the theater but it was limited release um and it definitely had a big following for those that really enjoyed it. Um, it's a little bit of a cult classic, and I hear that it's extremely brutal. This will be my very first time watching it as well. So I'm, I'm I've only, looking forward I've, to it. Yeah, I've, I've only seen half of it. <laughs> yeah. And so it it should be a lot of fun. I love going into it. I love it when people suggest movies. Um, I know that Patrick has suggested quite a few. There's something mm. you just watched recently that you said I should watch, which oh, is Mikey. Mikey. Well, I've seen it before. It's just been like probably over 20 years since I've seen it. it was, I mean, that was from 92. I mean, that's uh, 
I mean, like I said, the best line ever, you know, tagline. Hey, remember, Jason and Freddie were kids once, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take a good look at that. It is the uh, turkey turkey season, so why not uh, look at something that's exploitative? Because <laughs> I think I've, I've done most of the Thanksgiving horror stuff. The only one that I didn't really do and I could have done, but I did the little mini review on was Christy, which that only takes place during Thanksgiving. It's not really a Thanksgiving based horror movie uh, unless they ever really do come out with thanks killing too then maybe i'll check that one out but uh, good lord i hope they don't they'll probably come out like thanks killing 17 and they'll have some backstory bullshit that movie was um <laughs> but yeah so uh why don't you guys plug yourselves uh, before we leave the podcast uh neil how about you uh yeah you can find me on twitter uh neil fraser 78 and you can follow me on the gram at uh, Neil Fraser Graphics, where I primarily just post work and pretty pictures and all that nonsense. And he, uh, and this is going to be the announcement here. Uh, Neil was gracious enough to uh, create a corn trees logo uh, <laughs> that we're going to turn into a corn tree shirt. So that should be up there on uh, T Public, uh, hopefully sometime around the time this episode releases. Uh, thank you so much, Neil. Uh, I, you don't know what it, that means. I really appreciate, awesome. appreciate that. And it's a really cool design. Uh, I can't wait to get that on a couple of different things. Um, and it's been a long time since corn trees became a thing. So if you know what that is, you got to go back to this Freddy versus Jason episode. And check out those. And every episode six, after that, because we keep bringing yeah. it up. <laughs> That's that like six years in the making, isn't it? Basically? Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was a long-ass time ago. I, I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for that goddamn long. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you for that. And, and Pat, what you got? Uh, yeah, the Paranormal Pativity Podcast. Uh, talk about anything paranormal and supernatural. Um, I actually need to work on... I started working on the episode for this month and I haven't finished it. But uh, yeah, you can go to uh, Instagram or Twitter at ParanormalPat64 or follow me on uh, Facebook or YouTube at Paranormal Pativity Podcast. All right, and of course, make sure that you follow the podcast here on all social media platforms. That's facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast, uh, as well as Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast, YouTube, Terrible Terror Podcast, and uh, Twitter, T underscore, T underscore Podcast, if I can get it all done before the music stops. Uh, don't forget to check out all the 31 and 31 Camp Cult reviews, one playlist. Check them all out up on YouTube. And uh, thank you guys, and we'll see you next time.